Hello, it's David here. If you're enjoying the Leader Podcast, please do rate, subscribe and share us. Every time one of you hits any of those buttons on your provider, it flags up that we're a show worth listening to. And that puts us in those noteworthy bits you see when you're searching for a new podcast to listen to. So it really does help us reach new audiences. If you've already done it, thank you. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland, a generation left behind. One boy phoned his head teacher because he was so concerned about his mum who was crying all the time because they didn't have any money. So the head teacher said they just took a load of food around. Our education editor, Anna Davis, on the Evening Standard's special report into the effects of the coronavirus lockdown on our school children and... Without this cash injection, at least 70% of our theatre companies and organisations would collapse before the end of the year. Sonia Friedman, the producer behind West End hits like Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on the government lifeline for the arts industries. Is it enough to save them? Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, how lockdown has hit some of our schoolchildren hard. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. You could do it here. You could do it here. So find a space of your own. Teachers have tried to make the return to classes for those pupils who are able to do so with this lockdown as safe and reassuring as possible. There we go. And look, Brayden, all of the lights have gone off. So that means your hands will be nice and For many children, it's a return to something like normal. For some, though, there are worries about how missing school for months will affect not just their education, but their health. An Evening Standard investigations found head teachers reporting students coming in, looking shell-shocked and weary, struggling to socialise, having spent so much time away from their friends. In some cases, teachers have had to clean their pupils' teeth. Our editorial column says the government has to help those who are struggling. The worrying revelations about the severe impact of lockdown on children must focus ministerial attention and action on what could otherwise become one of the most disastrous outcomes of all from the coronavirus pandemic. 
Sleep loss, silence and appearing withdrawn or sad are just some of the manifestations of the mental strain that has been placed upon some. Many who will have suffered most are likely to be from already disadvantaged backgrounds and can least afford further damage. There has of course been considerable discussion about catch-up schooling. That's critical, but what our reports show is an equally great need for sustained mental health support from services which are too often overstretched and lacking adequate government funding. Ministers must not fail our children. Our education editor, Anna Davis, has been working on this story. She joins me now over Zoom. Anna, some of the descriptions teachers have given you of their pupils make it sound almost like some of those children have come back to class as different people after lockdown. Yes, it's, it's really uh, head teachers in, in more deprived schools um, who are saying that their pupils who are already facing these kind of problems with overcrowded housing and, and poverty, that lockdown has just exacerbated all those problems. And even though the students really want to come back to school um, and they can, they can tell that, one head teacher said they're gagging to come back, their body language has changed as one head described it to me. They said when they're first coming back, they're wary and their eyes are down and their shoulders are hunched and it looks like they've been through an ordeal, what one head teacher said. Yeah, some of the things they've been telling you about are, are, are really quite extraordinary. They've been children with not just no money, but no food coming back to school. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, quite a lot of schools have organised food parcels to go home to families. Some of them haven't been able to use the, the vouchers that they've been given. Some of them haven't got an email address and you need a code. Some of them you need a, a code to scan to get your voucher back. And teachers have been going to people's homes to try and help them with that. And others have, have just been working with charities to, to, to just get physical food and, and take it to families one boy phoned his head teacher because he was so concerned about his mum who was crying all the time because they didn't have any money so that was around easter time i think the head teacher said they just took a, a load of food around and easter eggs because they just didn't have any so i know with lockdown it's it's strange because everyone's experience is totally different isn't it you know pe people who are single who, who have had the whole uh, the problem of not seeing anybody and being really lonely on their own completely different to someone who's got lots of children and can't escape and never has any time on their own so it's it's lockdown is just a strange time isn't it but for these vulnerable children it's um you know their lockdown is very different to somebody who might be in a in a big house with a lovely garden and access to the internet to do their schoolwork the teachers i've been talking to are teaching the extreme end of you know deprived children and has education itself been continuing during lockdown? I know a lot of schools had put a lot of effort in to try and get resources home to parents so that children could try and keep up with classes. Has that been happening? Yes, they've been. Um, obviously, some schools have got um, everything's gone online and it's gone perfectly because their children have the access to a computer but but some of the teachers I was talking to uh, it's just not been possible um, because they've handed out laptops to as many people as they can but they might not have a quiet place to just go and do their work they might be in like overcrowded house where or, or, or one room where the whole family's in the room and they've got a shared bathroom with the rest of the block so 
in cases like that it's, it's quite hard for someone to sit down and do their work so some schools have actually set up areas within the school that a child can go and use the school computer but doing the online lesson that everyone else is doing at home so they've actually at least got somewhere to access um, and, and some teachers have been dropping home paper work for, for children to do and then picking it up and marking it that way. Um, there's some pupils that the, the most vulnerable who teachers have been phoning every day throughout the whole of lockdown. One school, I think, has 68 children. They were phoning every single day and the rest of them, they were phoning every week just to try and keep in touch with them. But with the best will in the world, they said there are some who won't have picked up a pen or a book for six months by the time they go back in September when they do home visits because some of them are obviously doing home visits as well um, the children are still in their pyjamas or they just get out of bed at three o'clock in the afternoon Is there a worry that there'll be a, a long term effect of all this? Everyone's very optimistic that I've spoken to that they will be able to get back on track there's a real determination for it not to blight the lives of children whose lives are already being blighted, you know, despite the lockdown, they were already at a disadvantage. So I think t teachers and schools are determined to catch up, like emotion, uh, educationally and emotionally. So I think, um, I, you know, ho hopefully that will happen. Next. They understood what the West End brings to tourism, to the economy, to the greater ecosystem. West End producer Sonia Friedman. The arts are getting government cash, but is the damage already done? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The applause for the government's £1.5 billion lifeline to the arts has been loud and sustained, but rather like some theatre shows, now that people are talking about it, some are wondering if it's as good as they originally thought it was. There are questions. When will the money arrive? Who will get the most? When can theatres reopen? Is it enough? Sonia Friedman's one of the country's top theatre producers, with hits from Harry Potter and the Cursed Child to Leopoldstadt. Her plans to bring the Jaws inspired, the shark has broken to London, and among shows on hold while this pandemic goes on. She's written an opinion piece for the Evening Standard on the government cash, and she's with me now. Sonia, you start your article for the Evening Standard saying you're deeply relieved and extremely grateful to the government for the money. Just how close was the theatre world to disaster? You know, as I flagged several weeks ago, without this cash injection, at least 70% of our theatre companies and organisations would collapse before the end of the year. 
So this money, albeit we don't yet know how it's going to be allocated, who's going to be responsible for distributing, um, and who's on the expert panel um, that's going to be advising on that distribution. Um, but there's no question, it's a substantial amount of money, an eye-watering sum um, that the government, Treasury, Dowden, and of course the Prime Minister have made available. And in terms of theatre, I believe it's about $880 million that's been allocated for the performing arts. And that will certainly, without question, um, get us to phase two, most of us, I hope. Um, phase two being when and how we reopen. So, you know, this, this amount of money, I think, is just about protecting. It's not necessarily about um, reopening and sustaining, which uh, for me is quite a big headline. And I think all my colleagues, we want to make it clear that whilst this is an unbelievably important moment, it won't be the full answer. Your company is behind some of the absolute biggest shows in London right now. If you're struggling, how do the smaller ones survive? I think those smaller companies hopefully will be the first in line to be protected. Um, I think the larger shows that you just referred to can't and won't necessarily be the first to come back because we are so big. Um, we're, we're, we're effectively too big to fail. Um, and therefore, until we have a timeline um, and clarity on when we can reopen, we're just in waiting. And so because we're not building based, we have less of a risk of collapse. I think the commercial sector's challenge is what happens the other side. We're just waiting. All our companies are waiting. Obviously, the freelance part of our organisation, so the actors and all the designers and the creators and the suppliers and the contractors, they need the help now. And in terms of the smaller organisations that you mentioned, I very, very much hope the task force and the panels that are set up will be able to look after them so that their buildings can at least be protected, so that the other side, they can reopen um, and that we're all ready to reopen. When you do reopen, will there be familiar faces that you're not expecting to see? Will there be contractors and freelancers for whom this is too late for them? Not yet. I mean, obviously, we're in an incredible period of unemployment. And in terms of them having transferable skills at the moment, um, if, if they do go and work somewhere else in order to tide them over, I very, very much hope that they would, if we give them enough notice, and that notice is what we need, you know, we can't be given three to four weeks notice, we need three to six months notice to come back. And I hope that that notice would be enough for us to rebuild, re-engage and bring everybody back that we were working with at the point of shutdown. Uh, but, you know, I do stress that the freelance community has been sort of left adrift and without them, we don't have an industry. So in this next phase, it's terribly, terribly important that we find mechanisms whereby they are protected as well as the buildings uh, being protected. Do you think the arts have had to justify their own existence in recent weeks? We've had lots of people campaigning saying, look how much money we bring in, look how much we do. Do audiences, did the government not appreciate that? The government understood what we were worth to 
um, you know, let's call it the prestige projects. You know, I think they, they understood what the West End brings to tourism, to the economy, to the greater ecosystem. I think maybe what has been revealed in the last few months is that delicate ecosystem, how we all rely on each other and how we all feed one another. And that all the shows I produce, everything I do and everybody I work with has come from drama training, from the subsidised sector, from regional theatre. What the last few months has demonstrated is that you take one strand out and the whole thing unravels. And as actually as an industry, we have worked so closely together, colleagues who would never normally be on the same Zooms, colleagues who who never normally are in the same conversation. We've all come together as one. We all know that we rely on um, every aspect of our industry, from the small art centres to the greatest West End playhouses and musical houses, to the national theatres, to the independent sector. We all completely coexist. And therefore, I hope as we go forward, we will continue to link arms, continue to work as one in order to save the entire industry and that no, no one part of the sector um, is less or more important than the other. You can read Sonia Friedman's article online at standard.co.uk. And that's The Leader. We have lots more big interviews and analysis to come this week. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss out. We're back tomorrow at 4pm.